Well, with the Cricket World Cup wash-up, but only just complete, uh, complete New Zealand uh, are back in action today in a stadium at Silhet. Very new stadium, actually. Only the second Test match ever played there against Bangladesh. And this is the start of the next World Test Championship cycle for us. Uh, so with the Red Bull front of mind, it was a special day yesterday for New Zealand cricket fans as a four-test series, including a Boxing Day test at the MCG, was announced uh, for Australia 2026-2027. Opportunities like this have been gold tusks for the Kiwis in recent times, and on the eve of our summer, it's uh, appropriate that we have uh, New Zealand Cricket CEO Scott Wenick with us. And uh, Scott, good morning to you. I uh, haven't uh, seen you for about a week now, but uh, it's been a, a very interesting time for you, sir. Um, getting to know all uh, those people you have to deal with around the world and one hit really at the World Cup. How did you enjoy your time in India? Hi, and Thanks very much. Um, I hope you travelled back okay. Um, <laughs> fair to say when we entered that, that, that airport, our Medabad, it was a, a little bit manic. Um, <laughs> it was also good to see that both both you and Dan Vittori were, were more popular with the Indian fans than the Australian players, so I chuckled at that. Um, yeah, look, it was it was an incredible experience over there. Um, you know, it's fair to say that you know India and Indian fans um, love their cricket. Um, so to be able to get to uh, the two semis um, and also to the final was was obviously great for me. And that was all geared around the ICC meetings, and it was my first experience of those those meetings, which were very much like the United Nations. So. Um, good to have that opportunity to meet all the, you know, the power brokers um, around world cricket in one place. Scott, what did you make of uh, cricket life in India and the popularity of the game and the fanaticism around the game? One of the great things that I took away from it was the the, the, the nationalism around the Indian team itself. Um, I know the IPL franchises are hugely popular. But it was very clear um, about how passionate uh, Indian fans are about their national team, um, even even more so. Um, so I think that's that's really a great comfort for for the international game. Right. Okay. Let's uh, look at um, the announcement yesterday, which was uh, an absolute beauty from my recollection of New Zealand versus Australia. This is historical. Never before have we been given four test matches. Um, so uh, obviously talks uh, at that point over there were very beneficial. Yeah, look, this has been in the pipeline for, for a wee while, and so I can't claim um, a lot of credit for it. Um, however, it actually was over um, in Amitabad where discussions with, with Mick Hockley, who's the Australian cricket CEO, sort of answered the point there. They said they'd like to like to add a fourth test. Um, they'd already obviously been uh, a tacit agreement about the Boxing Day test and three tests, but they asked if they could add a fourth test, which after checking with, uh, with the players, um, we were very, very happy to confirm we'd like to do that. So it is, yeah, the, the, the four tests plus the Boxing Day test is incredibly exciting for New Zealand cricket, you know, both the fans and the players. Are there uh, financial ramifications about getting an extra test or getting those four test matches, or, or does the money you make more uh, generated when you have teams touring here? For us, for New Zealand cricket, uh, there's not um, direct financial benefit to adding the fourth test. 
it's really that you know we're we're building some credit with with Australia. Um, the real um, all the financials for um, cricket go to the home nation because essentially they come through the broad the home broadcast rights. Um, but on two fronts, building credit with Australian cricket. Um, secondly, um, giving our players the opportunity to play in, in Australia and against Australia as much as possible is only going to benefit their cricket and, and I guess, and thirdly, um, the opportunity for our fans to poll across the Tasman for the cricket um, is obviously you know, a great benefit as well. Scott, uh, one of the reactions that was very positive too, as soon as we announced uh, what came out of uh, New Zealand cricket yesterday, a very, very positive uh, response from our listeners. But one of the questions that uh, came through on a regular basis was if we can play four tests over there, why can't we at least have series at home that have three test matches? In other words, we have the possibility of a decider as opposed to two. Um, Can you come up with an answer for that for us at the moment? Yeah, I mean, look... Test, test cricket in countries like Australia, England and India um, still make um, financial sense in the sense that they actually still make the home country a lot of money. Um, in New Zealand, unfortunately, the, the financial situation is that the tests simply don't make the same financial sense as um, one day is and T20s. So we really, um, unfortunately, have to balance... Uh, the red ball cricket with white ball cricket. Um, I think if we if we could play three or four test match series, you know, I'd love to do that. But we, on the financial side, it really doesn't make total sense, and so we we have to balance that with two tests and and the white ball cricket. So is that uh, an attendance thing, or uh, what are the factors that that make it um, a real tough proposition? No, it's, a, it's a broadcasting. So, I mean, in reality, um, the, the, the attendance um, is, is not material, although I, I will add that the Australian uh, Test Series is, is selling out very, very quickly. Um, it's really around broadcasting. So, so broad, broadcasters will pay more for white ball games um, than they will for red ball. Um, and that's simply on the basis of what their advertisers want. So even within the white ball game, the reason you're seeing a lot more T20 than um, 50 over cricket is because um, advertisers will even look at a 50 over game and they will say they will pay more for um, advertising between overs 1 and 10 and 40 and 50 than they will for overs between 20 and 30. So therefore you can see why advertisers would prefer to, to, to advertise in T, T20 cricket. It's interesting when you break it down to to that degree, actually. Uh, our home summer, of course, features uh, test matches against Australia and South Africa, but we're hearing South Africa's side may not be all that powerful. What's the latest development there? Yeah, look, we, we, I had some good chats with, with South African cricket while we are in, in India. Um, and obviously, it's not going to be their, their best possible team. Um, however, they're, they're pretty confident about the strength of that team. There'll be, um, what they said to me is that there'll be between eight and ten players who've got test experience. Um, and the reality is, you know, there's no such thing as a, as a weak South African team. Um, so I, you know, I expect and they expect them to be very competitive. Okay, right. Uh, one of the good announcements, I think, that came out yesterday, we weren't going to be able to watch 
the Bangladesh Test matches, unless we did it sort of on YouTube. But uh, there's been an announcement mm. to uh, change that. Yeah, that's great development. I mean, obviously, New Zealand cricket um, doesn't get involved in, in those sort of broadcasting discussions um, other than sort of providing support. Um, but the fact that, that three, three now has come out and said they will be carrying um, the Bangladesh test is, is great. Great news. Great for great for New Zealand cricket because it's getting, obviously, coverage, but also great for New Zealand, New Zealand fans. You come in uh, to the job at a time where uh, cricket is uh, almost complete the full circle. Um, uh, way back in, uh, well, from the year dot, really, it was always free to air, and then, of course, it went to Sky, it's gone to Spark, and now it's transitioned back into free to air again, which I would imagine, from New Zealand's cricket's point of view, uh, is quite good for a number of reasons. Yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're obviously delighted to be um, free to wear on TV for the next three years. Um, and that was a, a direct result of the, um, the, the contractual rights with Spark and that um, if they weren't able to, to show cricket for any reason, um, it was going to be assigned to free to wear to DBNZ. So, so, we're, so we're very fortunate for that. The reality is, is um, you know, there is still money being paid for those broadcast rights um, that in three years' time they're not, there might not be. So, you know, we there's, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of thought um, put into what happens over the next three years to determine, you know, whether we we're still free to wear in three years' time or whether we have to go behind a paywall. Clearly, our clear preference is to stay free to wear, but the broadcasting rights are, are, are key to New Zealand's financial, uh, New Zealand cricket's financial stability. Um, so there'll be some you know, pretty serious discussions on that over the next couple of years. So just for the people at home who might not realise, um, Australia touring here, uh, England touring here, India touring here, um, what are the financial ramifications? I mean, they're the three most powerful nations in the world, um, you would assume, particularly when it comes to test cricket, but the ramifications of getting India sort of every two to three years. Yeah, so so the New Zealand basically New Zealand revenue stream is made up of, of three areas, and that is the broadcast rights, which make up about seventy percent, ICC distributions, which are essentially a payment to New Zealand cricket for participating in um, ICC events, and that's about twenty percent of that revenue stream, and then ten percent of sponsorship, um, and the broadcasting is almost entirely dependent um, on getting Indian tours. So we're extremely lucky that um, we have already locked in two India tours, one for the season 26-27, that's for um, uh, at least a 10-match tour, possibly 12, and then also 30-31, which is likely to be a 12-match tour. Um, If you get Indian tours, that basically quadruples what your broadcasting um, contract value will be. And obviously, um, Australia and England are the, are the next cabs off the rank. In terms of value, that broadcasters will pay um, New Zealand cricket um, for a tour. OK, it's, uh, I mean, that's quite revealing, actually, to just the, ex- the extent of the power that India brings to uh, countries uh, around the world. Um, I would imagine... After every tournament, you have a, a bit of a review. Uh, just, I mean, we, we go to the World Cup, we want to win the World Cup. Obviously, we'd been to the final of the last two. 
Um, but overall, uh, when you consider the conditions, etc., um, are you relatively happy where uh, New Zealand made the, the last four in this World Cup? And will you review what happened after that? Yeah, after, I mean, after each tour and after each um, series and after each uh, tournament, there is a formal review. At this stage, um, there's only been a, a, a verbal uh, review and there's been verbal feedback on, on um, you know, what's come out of the World Cup. We've actually had a high-performance um, committee meeting this afternoon. We'll discuss it in more depth. Um, my own personal feeling is that we should be absolutely delighted with, you know, where we, where we got to. Um to be in the game against India in Mumbai with 10 overs to go is, a, is a, a, an outstanding effort. Um, look, the players will probably view it slightly differently. Um, they'll probably view it as an opportunity missed. Um, they've probably got higher expectations than I do on themselves. Um, so, you know, New Zealand cricket and the Black Cats and the White Ferns want to win world tournaments, and that's absolutely what we are aiming towards. And anything less is, is ultimately not necessarily a failure, but it's not quite filling up to what we absolutely um, you know, expect. But, um, no, look, my own reflections back on that tournament is, you know, in very, very tough conditions, um, we stood up extremely well, and we and, and we look we we again players enhance their own reputations and also that of New Zealand cricket and and New Zealand itself. I think. And, and just finally, um, tribute time because uh, a lot of people might not realise, but one of the longest and uh, I think most um, <clears throat> I, I think one of the most effective and uh, contributors to New Zealand cricket on and off the field actually is has finally said uh, enough is enough. I'm talking Martin Sneddon here, who has passed the baton on as uh, chairman of the board. He's been a CEO, etc., a former player. Um, and um, Sneddon just said, uh, oh, I'm going to do other things. So uh, what about his contribution, Scott? Yeah, look, I think there's few, if any, people that have contributed as much to New Zealand cricket. Um, as a player, obviously playing with you, Ian, um, as CEO and, and more recently as chair and as a director on the on board of ICC, he's made a, a massive contribution to New Zealand cricket. Um, and also, just for me personally, um, coming into the role, he's been in, incredibly supportive um, and I feel very grateful that he's going to be still be on the board for another year to contribute, you know, both to me but also to, to Diana and the rest of the board and um, look, a really mature and selfless uh, decision of his to, to step down um, with a year to go um, in view of, you know, a, a nice clean succession. So um, over the course of the next year, we'll absolutely be making sure we, we try and acknowledge the incredible contribution that Martin has made to New Zealand cricket. Scott Wainink, uh, thank you very much for your time this morning. Um, we've got a, a screed of questions I could have continued, but uh, I know you've got a busy day, including that meeting this afternoon, so we'll leave it there. But uh, look forward to keeping in constant contact with uh, updates on where New Zealand cricket is at. And um, I've already got a text in to say, uh, gee, have we got a transparent NZ NZC CEO? What's going on here? <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> That's interesting. Right right uh, from the get-go, you get you get a thumbs up from uh, from our callers anyway. So, hey, thanks for your time, well, Scott. Enjoyed spending some time with you and uh, while we were away, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you over the summer, eh? Right, thanks, Ian. Look forward to it.